1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnell. Welcome back. It's KCIM Sports Rewind being brought to you exclusively by, of course, St. Anthony Sports Performance Program. If you're an athlete of any age, give them a call. They will uh, get you worked out and get you strengthened up for your sport, 794 5241. You can be your best preseason, in season, or off season. Eight weeks would kill us, but Jeff, we got a couple of guys on the phone right now that eh, they could breeze through that. They would fly through the program, yeah. Oh, no problem. They whatsoever. may have done it already at some point in their careers. <laughs> Probably worked yeah. with Steve and those guys down there at St. Anthony Regional yeah. Hospital and all the crew there. But uh, on the phone with us right now, we're thrilled to have with us a couple of, and it kind of pains me because I'm a USD guy. <laughs> guys, I'm going to warn you right now, uh, I'm a USD guy, but uh, thrilled to have with us SDSU athletes and a former athlete Reed Tellinghusen, former ESAC County standout and also Matt Dentlinger with the Jackrabbits right now guys first of all thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning how are things going with you guys today pretty good we're pretty excited to be on your show and uh, thanks for having us all right uh, yeah well let's talk about uh, things that are going on right now uh, first of all Matt Playing in the NCAA tournament again, this has got to be kind of getting old hat for you guys. You seem to be in there year after year. What was it like this year to play in the tournament? Um, it's always really special to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, just the atmosphere, um, going get to go to a new city, um, just travel with the team, and um, a lot of a lot of special things happen with it. Matt, you guys entered the tournament this year with the longest winning streak in the nation, uh, playing some really good basketball. What was the mindset going in, and what were the goals for you guys? Um, mindset was about the same we had all season. We just took it one game at a time um, and continued to play our basketball, like uh, playing together um, and really just uh, playing as a team and playing for each other. Um, and then Going into the tournament, um, you know, the, the goal is always, you know, to take it one game at a time and one game and then hopefully get to the next round. Now, Reed, you have the unique perspective of being there as a player and as a coach. Which one's busier for you? I'm assuming that probably the coaching side kept you a lot busier. Yeah, that's that for sure, um, just with all the scouting and then having to prepare for two different teams, or actually three, uh, with, with the two teams in the next round, um, and just having that stuff ready. Um, but like Matt said, we, tr we try to do our best to, to take it one game at a time, um, and that's kind of how we do it with our players. Um, but, but we know we have to be prepared in case we do win that game to, to, to be ready for the next matchup because you only have a day of, day of prep. Um, so it's a lot more busy as a coach, um, but it's, it's still a lot of fun. Read for you with that. How do you focus on Providence, which was your first round? But like you said, you, you get a day to prep uh, and a quick turnaround for that second round if you advance. So how do you guys go ahead and get the film you need, do the study you need, and, and still be focused on the Providence game? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's just a, a credit to our staff. Um, obviously, it's, it's pretty easy to look ahead when you're watching other games and doing those things. Um, but but when you're around the guys, uh, just, just keeping their uh, mind straight um, and just focus on Providence. Obviously, we watch a lot of film with them, um, and, and that kind of keeps us both focused on, on, on the task ahead. 
Matt, let's go back over to you. You, you played Providence. You guys were kind of the, uh, the the popular pick as as pulling off that upset in the first round from a lot of folks around here. I know we all had you in the tournament moving on, but talk about that game specifically. You guys played right there with Providence the whole time. Uh, it had to be very disappointing when, when it came out as the Friars winning, but talk about the game a little bit and how you guys played. Yeah, um, that was a pretty physical game there, um, a team that's a little bigger than what we're used to playing in the Summit League. But um, we knew that, you know, if we played to the best of our abilities, we would have a great chance to be in the game. And, um, you know, credit to Providence, they they played a good game and um, really kind of uh, threw threw us off our game a little bit um, throughout the game. Um, And it was was a lower-scoring game than we're – um, probably used to, but um, we were right there um, near the end of the game. Um, it was within three, within um, three or four minutes left to go, um, and it was just unfortunate we couldn't pull off the win. Matt, I know this probably can depend on on the opponent, but I've always wondered as a guy that didn't, you know, play the college side, especially the level you guys are at, but, um, you know, Providence came in, got absolutely annihilated in their conference tournament, even though they were the regular season champions, so you knew there was probably going to be a different mindset for them coming in. Would you guys rather see a team that maybe came off a struggle like that or a team that's maybe been playing well, or does it matter to you guys? Um, you know, going into the tournament, you always kind of try and, or your mind always kind of tries and tell you if it's a good or a bad matchup, but in the NCAA tournament, you know, anything's possible. You see 15 seeds beat one seed or two seeds, you know, 16 seeds beat uh, one seed one year. Um, so just focusing really on ourselves and believing in what we can do as a team is something I think we try and focus on more than, um, whether or not the team is hot or not, I guess. Reed, I want to ask you something. that You've seen the Summit League for a while now. Brooking, uh, USDSU has been Division One since about 2004. How has the league grown in the years that you played there and now coached in the league, and, and how much has the play risen in that time? Um, I think just offensively this league uh, is, is really good. Um, obviously, we're one of the top top offensive leagues in the nation right now. Um, and, and that just goes to the credit of, of our, our league being able to shoot the basketball. I mean, there's so many players in this league that, that can really find their own shot. And, and quite honestly, our league really moves the basketball and, and takes the right, right ones. And um, that, was, that was for sure the case for our team this year. I mean, we led the, led the nation in three-point shooting field goal percentage by 4%. Um, and, and that was just um, a bunch of guys that knew how to play well together um, and, and, and just are really good shooters. So uh, I, I think that's the, that's the one thing that our league's kind of really, really made a name for is, is really being able to shoot the basketball and score the basketball. Is that the biggest thing you think, Reed, in this conference is that the schools, do they focus more on recruiting offensive guys or do you, do you feel like the, the defense doesn't get the credit it deserves? I think this league, uh, it's it's easy to recruit offense guys and try and teach them teach them defensive principles. Um, and and don't get me wrong, we got some really good defensive teams. I mean, between us, North Dakota State, um, a few others that they're pretty good defensively. Um, but 
but it, it's a it's easier at this level to recruit really good offensive players, um, and then and then try and teach them teach them the defense principles and and try and get them to to defend a little better. Matt, let's go back over to you real quick. Eighteen and zero conference season. I mean, how tough is that in any conference? I don't care what you're talking about. How tough is that to go undefeated in conference play? Um, it, it's pretty tough. I mean, you're you you're. Every year you're going to have a couple off games, um, even against like um, teams that you would normally expect to be. Um, like if you're playing on the road, um, half the games are on the road in conference. Um, so really just taking it, like I said before, one game at a time. Um, our coaching staff did a great job, you know, providing us scouts uh, plans for each game. Um, and we, uh, we really focused on executing those. We worked out on them in practice. Um, and then when it came to game time, we, we did the, uh, everything we could to execute that game plan. And I'd say, you know, those, those scout plans for each game were fantastic um, and really helped us to stay focused and, um, you know, win every game in conference, which had never been done before. So it was pretty special. Matt, let's let's jump back to the NCAA tournament here. What's it like going to the site, kind of behind the scenes? What do you guys do for the day? You're, you know, do you still have to probably focus on classwork a little bit, I would assume, or something? But what's the day like for you guys behind the scenes where people don't get to see? Um, it, it's pretty special. I mean, um, you get there a couple days before the game, um, and then the day before the game, you uh, have like a little. Uh, open media practice um, where people can watch and kind of um, at the site and then media can, you know, there's a media session for players um, and then it's just a lot of time with the team. Other than that, it, it is uh, very similar to other road trips. Uh, spend a lot of time at the hotel with the team, um, team meals, uh, kind of stuff like that. Uh, here's the most important question for you, Matt. Uh, on the road, you don't get swag bags like you do at the NCAA tournament. What cool stuff did you get in there? Um, we got a, we got a couple. I think we got a shirt, a hat, um, a water bottle, a couple of small things like that. It was it was pretty special. Reed, uh, for you, you've went several times as a player, now as a coach. Which, now that you're a little older, is more special? Was it still going as a player, or is it now being a part of a coaching staff and helping a, a young group of guys be able to, to experience what you experienced as a player? Um, they're, they're both very special. Um, obviously, it's it's one of the coolest experiences you could ever have as an athlete, um, going to the NCAA tournament because it's such a wide-known event, and everyone's watching. Um, but then being able to, to coach some guys and, and coach a special group like we had this year um, and, and seeing all their uh, dreams fulfilled, um, that, that's also, also very awesome. Um, and, and like I said, we, we want to make it there every year um, from here on out, but um, it's, it's, it's not easy. And, and being able to get this group to the NCAA tournament was, was very special. Now, Reed, I believe you. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you were uh, you were there. You started at SDSU under TJ TJ Anselberger and had to transition over to Eric Henderson, who was part of the TJ staff there. But how difficult was that transition? Even though two guys that were on the same staff, how different was that to go through that? Yeah, um, obviously, I, I played under TJ my junior and senior year. I obviously coached Nagy my freshman and sophomore year, so I've actually seen three coaches here, um, and then TJ. One year as a GA, 
um, and then Hendo, my second year as a GA, and then two years as video coordinator. Um, but but they're they're both pretty similar people. Um, obviously, Hendo worked under TJ uh, at Iowa State when TJ was there as an assistant. Um, and they're and they're both guys that really care about their student athletes and and have the best interests of their student athletes in mind. Um, but but they're both awesome awesome people to work for, um, and, and I can't thank either of them enough for for the opportunity they've given me to to be a part of this program and and a, and a really good program at that. So now, Matt, you also uh, were recruited by TJ up there to SDSU, so you got one year as, I think as a red shirt. Is that correct? Uh, my first two years actually were under TJ. Oh, okay, what was that transition like for you? I mean, you're recruited by one guy, and all of a sudden, here comes a big change down the road. Yeah, um, it was kind of a, um unexpected change, but really what, what Reed said uh, hits it on the nail. Um, they're both really good guys, care about their players, um, and the way that our um, administration um, handled the, the crossover um, from, when, from when TJ left and hired Coach Henderson. Um, us as players, you know, we were really happy with how that was handled, um, and it really couldn't have been uh, really a better um, option as for a new coach for Coach Henderson to, you know, take the new head coaching job. Um, and really, both coaches are great, uh, great coaches, care about their players, um, and I, you know, I've learned a lot from both. Guys, got to have a little fun with you now. Uh, Matt, of course, a former Kemper grad, Reed up there at East Sac County. You, your, your, your schools still play each other today. Do you guys, with as busy as you are, get a chance to follow your high schools? And when they play each other, is there a little jabbing back and forth? Or do you guys ever step on the court and go a little one-on-one with each other? Um, my, my playing days are pretty much over, but once in a while I'll step in, play a little defense on them. Uh, and I don't know if he moves me as well as he used to, <laughs> but no, uh, we, uh, every once in a while we, uh, take a look at the scores. I think we, we had one argument this year, um, uh, about throwing jabs back and forth of who was going to win. Um, but, but, but we do keep a, a little bit of tabs on, on what's going on back home. Let's talk about the, the NCAA tournament once again. We, we fill out our coach's bracket, uh, and uh, we're, we're not going to tell you who finished dead last, Jeff Blankman. But, you know, <laughs> do you guys fit to fill out a tournament bracket at all, being a coach and a player? No, we technically can't due to NCAA uh, rules violations, so uh, we're not able to do that. Um, but I know, it's, I know it's a big thing around, I mean, obviously – hometowns and and even here there's everyone that does it um and it's it's a really cool thing i think but obviously with with prize money and all that stuff we're, we're not able to do the those type of things yeah well, we'd love to ask you who you think your favorite is for the ncaa <laughs> championship but we'll refrain from that but uh talk about the place you guys play frost arena has got to be one of the toughest places to play in the in the summit league man it feels like the fans are just right on top of you talk about what it's like to fee- to play in that environment yeah, um, our our fan base here up at South Dakota State is really special. Uh, call them Jackrabbit Nation, and they they really are probably the best fans in the Summit League. Um, having played at every other um, arena in the in the conference, they show up for every game. You know, whether we're playing a smaller school or it's a big rivalry game, um, and they really bring a lot of energy. They give us a lot of 
uh, that extra energy, you know, sometimes when we might not, when we're lacking energy. But um, it, it's a really cool place to play and a really cool place to be as a fan, too. Matt, I got to bounce you back to uh, January the 13th. I got a chance to go down and, and watch you play um, uh, against Omaha this year, uh, and, and what a joy that was. Uh, a career high for you that night. Now that the season's over, have you taken a, a moment to, to kind of reflect back on that night and, and how good a night that was for you? Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty fun game um, for me as well as the team. You know, we got the win, and um, – it was it was kind of um, it was a closer game that I think we expected, but um, be able to you know get the win on the road was pretty special. Talk about your off season coming up, both of you. Uh, talk about this, uh, Matt. We're going to start with you. What's in store for your off season, and then Reed, we're going to follow up with you. I mean, what's in store for yours? It just doesn't seem to slow down for college athletes right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so normally our off season will look like we'll have a week or two off, um, and then we'll start up some weights and some uh, more skill-based workouts in the spring. Uh, maybe have some team workouts as well, um, and then once school is done, we'll we'll have uh, a little bit of time off, and then come back in the summer and start it all up again. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much the same thing for me. Um, we're in a pretty fortunate. Spot recruiting right now. Uh, we have one scholarship to fill, and that's it. Um, and, and we think we're in a pretty good spot there. Um, and then, obviously, our, our guys start lifting again this this Wednesday, and then we'll start skill workouts the following week. So, so we'll get back after it. Um, and then, obviously, they'll have all of May off. We'll get we'll get back. We'll get them back here. Get the new guys up here in June. Um, all our freshmen, and then. Uh, Kind of go from there. We uh, actually are taking a team trip to the Bahamas this summer, um, so that'll be a lot of fun for our guys and and our staff. You know, just creating that bond and bond with the new guys coming in. So um, we're pretty excited about that, also. Reed, you mentioned recruiting and only one scholarship left. I, I can imagine recruiting at the D1 level where you guys are at. That It's got to be a tremendous amount of work doing so much homework on so many different players. Take us through a little bit on the process of what you can tell us what it's like to, to go out and try and recruit high school kids and get them to come to your university. Yeah, so um, obviously with, with COVID throwing a wrench in this, this deal, um, you, you kind of at that point in time, had to watch a lot of film on, on recruits, and that's never never the easiest for our coaches. And um, Just because it's, it's a lot easier to, to see what they do and what they do, what they do well and what they don't do well um, in person rather than on film. Um, but I, I think our staff's done a good job getting pretty good at that. Um, and then now obviously watching film, seeing who we're interested in and then being able to go see those guys um, and, and make, making the most of, of our time out on the road recruiting um, ha, has been an importance. And obviously with the, the recent success we've had, um, that's made it a little easier on us um, trying to get the guys we want. Um, and it, it's not always that way. Um, but, but nowadays win, winning fixes a lot of things and, and obviously it really helps us on the recruiting trail. Uh, guys, I want to ask you something uh, that has changed college basketball completely, the, the transfer portal. I think you said you have one scholarship, Reed. That's probably, is, that, is that Friedel, by the way? Um, so we had, uh, yeah, so, we, so Friedel and uh, David Winget both left. So 
those scholarships were open, um, and we already had one signed. So um, we have one one more to get, correct. So we're going to have to put up with uh, Wilson for one other year, huh? <laughs> his, his was also gone. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> but talk about, I mean, from a coach's perspective and a player's perspective, talk about what you think about the college transfer portal. It's a hot topic among fans. Some people say it's okay. Some people absolutely hate it. Uh, but from your guys' perspective, what do you think about it? Yeah, um, I'll start here, I guess. Um, it, it, it's a very interesting dynamic um, for not only student athletes but coaches as well. Um, it, it just makes it so much easier for kids to transfer nowadays. Um, and what we kind of focus on at South Coast State is um, is, is recruiting good guys that want to be here, um, and and obviously winning basketball games. Like I said, um, fixes a lot of things. Um, so so recruiting those guys that those those good kids that want to be here um, and, and making sure their experience here is as, as good as it gets. Um, is, is kind of is kind of an importance to us um, because it, it really stinks when you're at a different program and not only do you have to recruit incoming guys, you got to recruit your guys to stay. Um, that that's that's a really tough position to be in as a coach, um, and and that's kind of why why we why we take our stance on recruiting and, and recruiting those kids that that want to be at South Dakota State, and then and then from there it's it's our job to make make their experience awesome and, and win basketball games. And then, uh, yeah, so um, from my perspective as a player, um, I'd say it's pretty similar. Um, uh, fortunately, uh, here at South Dakota State, it's, it's been a great experience really for uh, myself and all of my teammates. That's something that has affected our team um, nearly as much as other teams in the conference or around the country. Um, so, you know, um, that's something I've really never uh, considered um, using. Um, but I think it is, you know, it's a, it's a, it can be a good and a bad thing, um, really, for um, if a player doesn't have a good fit with their program, um, it gives them the opportunity to look somewhere else, else without having to, you know, sit out a year. Um, but at the same time, it is um, – it, it does change the landscape of college basketball pretty significantly year from year, um, and um, a lot of players use it. So uh, I guess that can see, be seen as um, a little a change that um, some people might not like as much. Um, but overall, um, here at South Dakota State, our coaches have done a great job of uh, making us all really um, enjoy our time here and um, really appreciate you know what what we've gotten. Guys, kind of a question for both of you. What advice can you give to, to younger kids, maybe junior high or high school age kids that, that want to play at the next level? What are the things they, they need to work on and what kind of focus do you need to be able to get to where both of you guys have been as a player? Um, yeah, I'd say just uh, just keep working. Um, that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but um, obviously I, I wouldn't, be here today if I wasn't in the gym every day, um, shooting, trying to get better, um, and and get and sacrificing a few things that maybe my friends got to do when I was younger and I didn't because I wanted to go to the gym or or, or work on my game, um, and and uh, just just never give up. Um, you're going to go through some through some struggles throughout your career. Everyone does, um, but just work through that um, and 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 never give up. Um, so that's pretty much what. What I'd say to to the younger generation out there, yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much echo what Reed's saying. Um, 
really, really for me, a big thing was just, you know, working hard, uh, keeping at it, you know, even outside of basketball season, um, always, always trying to get better. And, um, and then, you know, just trying to be, you know, the best all around uh, person and player. Uh, coaches kind of look at that when they're recruiting too. Um, just, uh, yeah, just showing how much, how hard you can work and how determined you are. All right, I want to talk rivals. You guys are so uniquely situated in the in the conference that you got USD to the south, you got NDSU just to the north of you guys. Which game is the more is the bigger rival for you guys when it comes down to schedule time? Which one do you circle on the schedule? Um, I'd say they're both uh, pretty big rivals of us. Um, obviously, I would. I mean, NDSU with with how well they've been in recent years, and, and it seems like, I mean, in the Summer League tournament, either us have won it, won it, I think, nine of the last ten years or something crazy like that. Might be even more than that. Um, so, obviously, that's, that, that creates its own rivalry in itself. But um, the battle for South Dakota, I'd say, is probably a little bit, little bit more um, just because it's an in-state school. And, uh, and um, I, I'd say that's more of the basketball rivalry whereas the football rivalry might be more North Dakota State, South Dakota State. All right, well, guys, I tell you what, we're, we're out of time here for the interview. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. I know Jeff and I appreciate your time taking care of this, uh, taking time to talk to everybody back here. But uh, SDSU, man, great program, just uh, the cream of the crop when it comes to Division One up-and-coming schools. You guys are getting noticed around the country, and that's got to make you feel pretty good. But thanks so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Congrats, guys, and thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. All right, once again, Matt Detlinger and uh, Reed Tellinghusen, former standouts around the area, talking about yes. SDSU and uh, the basketball up there they got going on. Tell you what, uh, I've had ESPN Plus, and I watch a lot of those games Yes, uh, from the Summit League Conference. It's good basketball. Very good. North Dakota State, uh, SDSU were tops in the league this year, but you got Kansas City down to the south. You've got yep. USD coming in with a new coach. Uh, it's it's fun basketball. It is, and, and I'm hoping someday to get up to the Summit League tournament. Uh, it's such great basketball. I just want to spend mm-hmm. uh, you know a few days watching it. Uh, the only thing is, is it's always kind of at a tough time of the year um, for what we do as a, a the living. So hopefully, yeah. someday uh, I'll be able to uh, get up there to it. Yeah, the one thing that does nice about it, it wraps up the week before, like the Big Twelve and the Big Ten tournament yes. gets going. So the Summit League is that weekend before at the Premier Center in Sioux Falls. So anyway, thanks so much for them. We're going to jump aside, take a quick break, then. We'll get into the public humiliation part of the program. <laughs> That's next on KCIM Sports Rewind. As athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. This is KCIM Sports Rewind. If you're getting ready for graduations, or maybe even if you're a year off from graduations, you want to start thinking about uh, the house and hosting that big party. How are your carpets holding up right now? Because that's a, a big investment that you got to make, and you want to get something that's going to last. The name you want to look for is Dream Weaver Carpets with Carol Lumber. Locations in Wall Lake, Lakeview, Odebolt, and Carroll. So they got almost the entire listening area covered. 
So if you want a uh, great carpet that's got the pure color technology, meaning it is dyed completely through, won't wear as easily or bleach out from spot cleaning, that's what you look for. And they only sell quality products at Carroll Lumber with locations in Wall Lake, Lakeview, Odebolt, and Carroll. I know they don't sell Nebraska stuff, JoJo. Jeff, so well, and that's what's got to go in the basement someday. I know. <laughs> maybe you can cut it, just cut a big red N out of something, well, and, and then maybe they can do that for you. For anybody that's been in my basement, they already know I have a ton mm-hmm. of N down there. I have a bunch <laughs> of different rugs that are like the Nebraska football field and, and everything else. So, yep. Yeah. So talk to the great folks there at Carol Lumber for all of those carpet needs and look for Dreamweaver carpets. All right, let's do this. <laughs> What what we got on the menu? Is it Crow? Is it Crow? No, Jason Phillips in first place. Congratulations to him. Oh, is that where we're going to start? We're going to start with the niceties. Okay. Sure, we'll roll with that. Jason Phillips right now first place. And and who does Jason have as their champion? He has Kansas. Okay, same as me. Yes. So he's in really good shape to win it uh, and stuff. But there are two guys that still have an outside shot at getting there. Uh, Tyler Tryon, uh, of course, the Kipper Girls coach has Duke. And he is sitting in third place right now. So if the Blue Devils would win the national championship, he'll be the champion. And then Dave Burke's sitting in ninth place right now, but he's got Villanova, and he's the only Mm -hmm. one with Villanova. So even with their injury, if they can find a way to win that national championship, and I was telling you yesterday, this would be the third time that Dave Burke's will have won the bracket challenge if Villanova wins it. Mr. Nostradamus of the bracket (laughs) challenge there, Dave Burke's. Uh, But it's interesting. Nobody picked North Carolina. Didn't see them coming at all. And I read the interesting Lonnie Miller did. Lonnie Lonnie Miller did. Really? Yes. Wow, okay. Uh, That North Carolina Duke is one semifinal. They have never met over a hundred years that rivalry. Yeah. They've never met in the NCAA tournament. They haven't. I when I heard that over the weekend, I thought that was absolutely, you know, crazy. Just never anticipated um, those two programs having never met uh, as many times yeah. as they've been to the Final Four, as many times as they've been in the tournament. I understand how they try to split conference teams up, but you would have thought at one point they mm-hmm. would have met in a round of eight or, you know, the Final Four or Regional something Final, like that. Anywhere yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. Or even in the Final Fours itself, but they've never done that. That's, that's crazy to think that that's never happened as many times as North Carolina has been to the Final Four, as many times as Duke has been there. They've never matched up before. So, and then uh, of course you got the Blue Bloods, Kansas. I mean, you got three of the four winningest programs in college basketball: Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. They're one, three, and four, I think. Right. Probably with Kentucky, Kentucky in, in there, there in the middle. Yep. And Villanova's nineteenth. That we, surprised me. Yeah, I did not realize that. I remember them with Ed Pinckney and those guys that uh, you know beat Georgetown for the national championship under Rolly Massimino, mm-hmm. and they had some good years under Rolly, and then they kind of struggled for a while and stuff, and um, you know then they come back with uh, Jay Wright who has done a tremendous job but you know, I've, I always would have I probably would have put them maybe 40th somewhere between the 40s and 50s for most wins all time mm-hmm. I would have not had them a top 20 team uh, for most wins all time you know it's funny I looked up the the most active coaches right now who has the most wins in an NCAA tournament uh, you got Bill Self who's got around 40 upper 40s maybe right, right around 50 and uh, you got uh, Jay Wright from Villanova that's kind of up there and uh, Calipari from Kentucky nobody comes close to Coach, Coach K, K. He's got what? Probably a hundred and some wins. I think it's a hundred or a hundred and one now. Yeah. Yeah. That that's insane. I mean, he's like almost double what everybody else is. His final go run. That's why Duke scares me. And this yep. one. I mean, that's just that. What a storyline for him to go out with a national championship. 
uh, you know, and most people, Duke was like kind of like, eh, they're they're good, but they're not going to be too a young. real threat. Yeah, too young. You know, North Carolina handled them there late in the regular season, so that'll be interesting to see if North Carolina can beat them twice in a row or if a Duke avenges the loss from late in the season because I think that was the last game of the regular season those two squared off and, and Duke won, or excuse me, North Carolina won at Duke, so. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's talk about the uh, the folks that are on Rewind. Honold right now is kind of yes. leading the pack. He is, yeah. Um, we've got Jeff Honold right now tied Which clearly with means Cook. that the fix was in yes. somewhere along the line. Well, I'm sure that one of his you know, brother or son-in-laws or his daughters or something made the picks for him because we all know there's <laughs> no way he could be sitting in seventh place if he I made told the you we shouldn't himself. let him make ten, four, ten entries in. So, <laughs> ten brackets. <laughs> yeah. One of them was bound to hit. Yeah, he is tied right now with Katie Cook for seventh place. Uh, um, and then, John, you're sitting in 14th place, and like you said, you still have Kansas left. So you, that's Steve my hope. Blackburn, one of our salespeople, and Jason Phillips all had KU um, as their champions. And you guys are the only three that took Kansas, which I'm kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, too. Best conference, best team. Uh, you know, that, that to me, it was the natural choice. Gonzaga was the term, team that uh, was probably the most chosen team. Uh, and, and then probably uh, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee got quite a mm-hmm. few votes as well. So, However, there were some people that did not finish up in the upper half. Uh, namely, well, Tyler Bruner was bringing up the rear for a long time. He yep. jumped up. Nick Brinks is down there, kind of kind of in Blankmanish territory right he, there he down is. the bottom. And, and I've got to give him a little hard time when we posted the first standings you know a week ago on Sunday night that you know and Tyler Bruner was in the bottom and you and I were kind of down floating at the bottom he made some comment on Facebook about you know hard to see those radio guys from up here at the top and and then uh, he 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 actually tagged himself on that uh, post the other day and he's like yeah I guess that comment didn't hold up very well did it didn't age well there at the bottom with me (laughs) so yeah that's the way that's shaking out but uh we are gonna hopefully get some Special awards yes. for first and last place. Well, we know where the one's going. Yes. We've got to figure out the top one yet. Yeah, the, the bottom one coming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm guaranteed to, to finish last when UCLA got beat uh, on Friday. I have nobody left in the tournament, can't score any more points, and I sunk to the bottom. So. These will be traveling trophies, by the way. Yes. Are we, are we going to use the same ones for the bowl challenge as we are? We're, for we're getting four different ones. Okay. What, for bowl challenge, uh, separate winner and separate loser, and then uh, the, the same with the uh, bracket challenge. You get a so. full year with that award. Yes, and I will <laughs> proudly display that in my office on the desk. Oh, we might have to bring it in here in the studio. Oh, yeah. So yeah. We'll every, get it. We'll every, every Tuesday at Sports Rewind, we'll have to bring that into the studio because I got my trophy in the back. Over you do? There, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your, your first place after one day trophy yeah. from what, like five years ago? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm still proud of that one. <laughs> we'll find out next Tuesday morning who's, who's going to be the champion there. So, yeah. all right. That is KCIM Sports Rewind for this week, brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Catch a podcast available on the website, the mobile app, coming up in just a few more minutes. Western Iowa's news and classic hit station is